0: I want to thank ReviewBiz for sponsoring today's episode. By the way, did you know that reviews are today's digital word of mouth? It's also one of the most valuable business and marketing assets you have. If you're not maximizing your review strategy, then ReviewBiz platform can help you. Let ReviewBiz inspire your members to give you your first five reviews for only $1. To get started, just go to ReviewBiz.io forward slash try.
1: You need to tell your family why you're doing what you're doing. You need to make this statement so that they understand. And then yeah. that way, if you want your kids to get involved, you want your family, brothers, sisters to get involved, they need to understand the mission, your clarity for the mission, and then invite them to be part of the process. But us say, right. here's how it's done.
0: Hey, welcome to another great episode of the Gym Owners Growth Zone podcast, the show designed to help gym owners improve and grow their businesses. I'm your host, Andres Escobar, and I'm so grateful to have you join us today. Today, we have part one of two with Tim Rexius, the co-founder and owner of Iron Heaven Gyms and Rexius Nutrition, a chain of nutrition stores across the US and many other successful enterprises across six countries. Last but not least, he's a father to six children and husband to an amazing wife, Brittany. Yes, six children. (laughs) If this is your first time listening to our show, please consider subscribing to the podcast and share this episode with someone whom you think you'll enjoy it. Well, they'll enjoy it. I know you'll enjoy this. As we dive into this episode, listen to how his beliefs helped him build a legacy and how his choices reflect the long game in his plan. And I'm sure you're going to inspire you and help you as it did me. Hey y'all, welcome to the show, everybody. I have Tim Rexis. He is next. I want to thank you, Tim, for coming on the show. Appreciate you being here. I love how we met. And we just continue talking and talking and talking. And, you know, I think this show is going to be a two-part. Let me just preface this. I think it's going to be two-part. I will let everybody know. But this is going to be super cool. Tim's coming from his office and his gym. And go ahead and tell us a little bit about who you are and how you got to be here.
1: Absolutely. Thanks for having me, man. This is awesome. Yeah, my name is Tim Rexius. I am the president and CEO of the Rexius Nutrition Store Chain across the United States. I'm also the co-founder and owner of Iron Heaven Gyms fitness facilities here in Omaha, Nebraska. We have three gyms. Also the owner of Vital Health International Nutraceuticals and the Omaha Protein Popcorn Company. Proud to say as of this week, we are now distributing in seven countries. So I'm not running a podcast too, which we're about to kick back off. But, you know, we met, it was a gym con, just, right. you know, shooting the breeze. And, you know, you know, you meet genuinely like really cool people. You're one of them. it? <laughs> all of a sudden, like Steve and I are like, right. we got you to the airport. I'll drive you. I'm like, you're the best damn Uber driver I've ever had, bro. Like,
0: uh, so we almost had like, we should have been recording in the car. Like that would have been so good. It was such a good story. Oh, and I was like, dude, you got to be on the show. And I that's why I'm telling you, it's going to be a two-part. Like, I know for sure I'm not holding you back. Let's just go and, and enjoy the ride, everybody, guys. Yeah. Now, so, so we met the, for sure. And so you got, you shared a quick story in the car. Speaking of in that car ride, which my pleasure, by the way, it was a really cool ride. You didn't have it easy. And I know we're going to get into it, but you know, you got to owning all these enterprises. I mean, you're building an empire is what you're doing. And I love this because gym owners, if you're building your gym, it's fantastic. But what outside relates to the gym industry, like nutrition, protein, popcorn, those things like those relate to your audience, to your customers, your customers would love to have these products. And so Tim created these products because there was a need. And so so anyways, Tim, please, like, I wish... I could tell your story, but you're the one that could do, do it better. So please tell us how you got here. That'd be awesome. I'll
1: start back in the beginning. You know, I start, you know, a lot of what I do now is speaking on entrepreneurship and ownership. That's a big passion of mine. I've been, I've done almost 70 speeches since August to high schools and universities. And honestly, it's kind of the whole thrown it back, right? I go back to my senior high school, junior high school, something like that. And I was taking a marketing class and the local GNC shop owner. Who probably had community service hours after I got to know him, but that's besides the point. He'll he'll watch this. He'll give me some guff for that. But he came and spoke on what he did, and that was a terrible speech. But I sat there going, "You get paid to talk about lifting weights and slamming protein shakes like that's a job. I got to do that, you know." So, and plus, I was spending all that money there. I was like, "You have to hire me," and it's my first. Lesson in persistence. He goes, I don't need you. Okay, cool. See you tomorrow. I go there every day for 14 days. I'm like, it's going to be a lot less hectic for you if you just tired. So I did. And I started slaying supplements back in 1998. I was a junior in high school, going to my senior high school, and worked there through college. And I found a real passion there. But I was also broke. Like, I'm broke, broke. I got hurt in the NFL combine. I'm an 03, 04, shattered my shoulder. And again, my pro dreams lasted about 36 hours, right? And there's a stint in there where I was actually homeless for six months, sleeping in my Oldsmobile. And mean, just really at a bad stage and then I you know, had a baby coming. So, I told wow. my boss, you've got to give me some sort of commission. Like he goes, well, it doesn't really work like that here. I'm like, oh, it does. So, <laughs> you know, if anybody's familiar with GNC, they had the old gold card, right? And you would to pay 20 bucks for the gold card. And I was able to make it work so your purchase paid for the gold card. He goes, I'll give you two bucks a gold card. Nobody's ever sold more than 30 in a month. I did 500. So I got $1, wow. $1,000. Yeah. I'm like, oh man, that covers, yeah. you know, red, your money and all the stuff I was doing. It. Yeah. I'm 20 years old. And, yeah. and then he turned the whole thing. I took that store from 250 or 300,000 to a half a million dollars a year. Made some money, but, you know, wanted to start a, my own nutrition store, tried to buy a GNC, didn't have the financial wherewithal, no parents to co-sign. And honestly, after a college degree, no education on how to do alternative financing because they don't teach that. And if you don't have a rich mommy and daddy, you know, which I think a lot of your jail owners will know how hard it is to get that first loan, you know. And so I ended up, you know, selling a customer some product and they were mad at me and I talked them out of not being mad at me and then he offered me a job. So I got to go work in the biomechanical engineering field of chemistry for about six and a half years, in and out of Washington and around the Midwest, well around the whole US, honestly. So my background, obviously, have my my master's in business and in marketing, but I also have it in organic chemistry. So I've been inventing supplements for the better part twenty years now, almost. And it wasn't until about two thousand and ten, market crash, housing crash, I lost my tail. All my money was in real estate, so uh-huh. and I hated my job. I loved what I did. I hated the people I had to work with, aka Washington D.C. politicians. So it really did eat my soul. I hated it. So. I came back so Omaha, Nebraska. Sold everything I owned. So I, I sold so much stuff on eBay that my kids thought they were next. I mean, if it wasn't bolted to the ground, <laughs> it was for sale, right? So, yeah. and I get that first lease. It was really hard, and you know, and sold and started my first store in 2010. And you know, 40 locations later in 10 states, here we are, all with no venture money, no trust fund, just one store after another. And I'm very dedicated to living well beneath my means to make sure that the business has, you know, empire status. Cause right. you know, if you want to build an empire, it's not done at five or ten. And I hear more about legacy than I do about what kind of car I drive. So it's always been me and that's you know, I think at one point in two thousand sixteen, we're six years in, we're making good money. It's right before we started the first gym, every employee of mine had a nicer car than I did and a newer car than I did. You mine was 15, 16 years old, 200,000 miles. Every time I got a new dent on the car, I'd throw a new logo over it. Nobody would know. I look like a NASCAR at that point. I was just, I was selling advertising space on the vehicle, you know. If I was my wife, was like, you're not poor. Get a new car. So, you know, it's fast forward into the, you know, the gym stuff, like it's going well. You know, when I met my wife, my, you know, we're, Combined family, and we had I had three kids, she had two, and she when when she joined in with Rexius Company in 2014, we went from one state of operation to five states in a year. Wow, to show you like having a good partner, how important right. that is, and somebody that's huge as and somebody else just you know to call me on my on my BS and may challenge me, which my wife does a very good job of doing this. And may I go? No, this you know makes me double down on my ideas. Now I am definitely a jump before I know if there's a parachute type. I just I'm risky, absolutely. Well, I've always been taught the adage: if you don't believe in you, nobody else will. The banker certainly is a Do so. Right. And Belief uh, is so huge. yeah, Leaf is huge. Well, yeah, and then I so we got married, and the, here's the thing: We're engagement. Well, she was my first female sponsored athlete in my stores, competing in what? women's figure and bikini competitions. Right. So right. we start dating, and I realized how. I about kicked my coverage a long way. She's significantly better looking than me, so I'm like, you know, I should get back into this bodybuilding thing so I can lock this girl down.
0: Ah, uh, like, that's funny. Yeah. I didn't know that part of the story. Oh, that's good. Oh, yeah. I'm <laughs> like, you know, oh,
1: shit. I mean, you know, I'm like, shit. I would seen my abs since the '90s. So, um, yeah. so yeah. So I started prepping for shows and. You know, it was a lot of fun. It was very hard. And then they they came out with the classic division. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to drop some weight. And I mean, I was sub five, sub four percent. I think I dipped at 3.91% wow. the last show. And I don't look like it now, so no commas yeah, necessary.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, Sorry, we don't need that. That's so not.
1: I, I said. You know, so I'm prepping for this show and I'm uh, for two straight years. I'm a competing and it was right around January of 2017. I'm a father of five. I'm 37 years old you know, and I'm getting ready for this show out in Los Angeles. And two weeks before the show, I'll call them Globo Gym. So Globo Gym kicked me out of the gym. So I said I was intimidating other guests. I go, well, first right. of all, I'm, I talk more than I lift because I'm a salesman. So it two, I go, I was posing in their upstairs classroom at nine o'clock at night after my kids were asleep. I put them to bed and then, you know, I would go up there. Plus, I didn't want to see me in posing trucks because I hate that. Yeah, just, it's not, if my dad saw me imposing trucks he'd slap, you know, because it's a tiny little, it's like a bikini for dudes, right? So, oh my gosh, yeah. <laughs> and so I was, and nobody's up there. And it really was, is that my supplement business threatened that gym's supplement business, you know, and that's what it was. They thought I was taking their customers. Well, I mean, of course I am. I'm way more likable than you are. That's not my fault. So, so I'm like, I'm pissed. And my wife had always wanted to open a gym and I'll be a hundred percent honest. I'm like, no. Gems are too expensive. It's, oh, it's way overhead. Da da da. I didn't want to do it. So we got to LA, I compete, I win the show, go to a friend of mine's gym in East Los Angeles called at that time it was called Kratos. It shut down since then, but yeah, it was warehouse style, got a war, painted on the wall, oh, movie yeah. three hundred, which I'm a fanatic, right? Like we and yeah. I three hundred, and I'm like, Oh, this is pretty cool. Yeah. And the the and the young man that was helping me prep for my show and coaching like with my meals, Nick Langer, who was running a shop for me at the time. He was an employee. And Nick's a great kid and doing a great job. And he's at his shit. He's, he's in his mid 20s at this time. But you know, it doesn't matter your age. If you're cut from the same cloth, you know. Yeah. yeah. And I was making a big change in my business, you know, my, my acumen, my, my business theory at the time that, you know, employees are great. Partners are better because they have skin in the game. And when you're going to go, you know, horizontal or vertical, however you want to look at it in different businesses, as we've, you go know, just briefly touched on, you need somebody else that cares as much as you do. And so it absolutely is necessary, which means as an owner, you have to be willing to give up profit and responsibility. So he also was at this gym. It was like, hey, you should open a gym like
0: that's huge right there, Tim. Right. Like you just gave a nugget out and you disguised it like, like nothing. Bro, this is huge. Yeah, having somebody the partners are, are such so much and partners are such a big deal. And finding the right one and and having and giving up, but you got to give up a little bit of the profits. And like you just mentioned. So, and the decision making.
1: Mm-hmm. And that's, I think, it's not in the profit so much as it is the control. Mm. And after you build things, it's so hard to delegate out control to somebody else. If you have an employee, you always know you're still the boss. And there's a certain level of security with that. Right. So, and I get that. And I am a control freak 100%. But in the end of the day, You need someone else's talent. You need somebody else's passion. You cannot do it all. And you cannot pay people enough to ever care as much as you do. It's never possible. And if you give them too much control power as an employee, eventually they become your competitor. Why wouldn't they? If they're fully in control, making all the decisions for less money as an owner, you will have, you will literally be training your competition in the next five years. And so here I have this kid. He's talented. He's motivated. And our value structure was was very much aligned. And that's really what it comes down to. Like, what are your morals and your value? That's literally it. It's not so much business acumen. It's not so much goal setting. That comes down the road. But are you aligned morally? I mean, do you guys? I mean, that's really what it comes comes down to more than anything. Um, are you the type to screw somebody over a buck? Are you the type of guy you make that tough? integrity-based decision and take a financial loss to do what's right. So, And I'm not going to judge people either which way, shape or form, but I know how I... I mean, do you need to get paid today or are you willing to build an empire and understand that I care more about legacy in a 100 years than I do about what kind of current I drive now? So, these are the conversations we had and my wife wanted to open this gym. So, and here's the fact. Now, preface this gym conversation. I hadn't drank in like six months before the show or ate any carbs at all because I was on keto. So they're trying to talk me into this gym thing and I'm like, ah, I don't know. They pretty much got me drunk on a plane from LAX back to Omaha. By the time we landed, we had seven cocktail napkins. We had logo, We had a business plan and we signed a lease about a week later. So I didn't take a lot of time to think about it. And, and I blamed them and uh, I blamed the alcohol. And the, the, the Wi-Fi on the plane. The Wi-Fi on the plane. Wi-Fi
0: on the Wi-Fi <laughs> on the plane and the alcohol.
1: So- you know, but once we make a decision to do something, and then, right. and it's funny with my our business partner, you know, because my wife is, I mean, she runs all the, finance, the financial aspects as far as daily accounting. And, and like, we're going to partner with Nick and his wife, Danny. I said, Well, you know, this is, uh, I actually said this with the gym launch people yesterday. We were on a Zoom as well. And when I nice. said, You know, you have the right person, when I tell them, like, listen, you're going to be my partner, which means I have to fire you as an employee. And usually people kind of, I've had this conversation a few times over the years. Yeah. Ooh. A sage that's gone, and then people are like, oh, they they like the idea of being an owner, but not the actual assertion into it, right? Nick was the perfect partner because he goes, good, because I don't want you telling me what to do. Fabulous. Right. Let's go. Because now you're going to take that weight on your shoulders too, and right. it's not all on me. I mean, what's easier to squat 500 pounds, by yourself or two people and two people I mean, damn? All day long, right. if you know, the gym ownership thing, brother, it hits snags from day one. I mean, there was a not one, not one thing went right. I mean, everything went wrong.
0: Goal is a beautiful word to hear when you're scoring on the soccer field. This last World Cup was won by Argentina because of one important player. Yeah, you got it. It was the goalie. He secured the win for the team. And in the same way, ReviewBiz platform will catch negative reviews before they go online. In addition, it helps you score and promote fresh new reviews so you can crush the competition. So don't let those big box gyms take your clients. ReviewBiz will help you build your online presence and turn your own members into your best sales reps. Get your first five reviews for only $1. All you got to do is Go to reviewbiz.io forward slash try to get started. I want to touch base on a couple of questions that I think sure. will extract these points and it'll help, you know, c- kind of capsulize uh, some of the, these points and, and help people like take away from this interview and be like, yeah. yes, that's exactly it, bro. So this is it. So I like this question because to me, life's a roller coaster. And ups and downs, less and t- rights, turns. It just takes you for a spin. But if we don't have these tracks in the, the roller coaster, uh, we're going to, the, the rails, it's, we're going to go off, we're going to go off, off the rails. right? Oh, yeah. So in life, in this journey that you're on, what has been some of the tracks and the rails that's kept you going in, in that goal, that legacy goal that you've been talking about? I am significantly more afraid on my deathbed of regretting the things
1: that I was too scared to try versus screwing up. Yeah. And You know, if you want a really great perspective on life, just put it on toe. Mm-hmm. I'd be very blessed that my mother, she was our in charge nurse in the Nebraska veterans home for 40 years. And so I spent a lot of time there as a kid and, and always through high school. Going to see my mom while she's working with these World War II vets who were in their late last stages of life, and getting to talk to these old men and women about, you know, their lives and all these things. One, we have it so easy, and we have a tendency to be perpetual complainers, especially in the United States. We oh, bitch yeah. for the sake of bitching, and we just do. We bitch to bitch about bitching that some else is bitching about. It's absolutely a colossal waste of time. So, and focusing on the fact that none of them, 98% of us, have never been or we've never had a gunshot on, or, you know, another country, you know, all those kind of things that the, our greatest generation faced. But as you sit there, they don't talk. Not a single one of them ever said they regretted doing anything. The only regrets any of these people had was the stuff that they were too scared to try and they missed out on, they bypassed mm-hmm. And and it really is. And that'll give you perspective. So I'm willing, I've been broke twice in my life and came back. I was at, you know, I made, here I go to the NFL, million dollar contracts, career's over. Here I am making really good money in my 20s, houses, all this stuff, crap, housing crash caused me to go back, start a new business, Da da da. Then I go through a divorce and anybody else has been through that. And all of a sudden that takes all my income for how many years, right? Buying out an X of a business that they were getting it, and I'm, there's going to be people listen to this podcast You are going through that right now, and I'm telling you, it gets brighter on the other side. Just keep hustling, right? So, and I've gone through it so many times. I'm not afraid to fail, but I'm fiercely competitive, so I don't like doing it. But I, I'm going to find a way to win. So you know, that's business and everything's going to screw up. Nothing will go according to plan. You're got to go broke. There's got to be decisions to be made where do I pay? Do I pay this one or do I pay this one? And that's, right. you Definitely. know, it's it's going to happen even in your 40s. Like I am now like, are there times where, yeah, there's some crazy shit going on and I've got to make some pretty tough decisions. Yeah. I to do one this week. I mean, last week I placed two purchase orders for my brand, pretty large. And my staff did not inform me of another division of our warehouse that I don't walk down to very often. Oh, hey, by the way, we're out of these seven things. Well, shit, because that's a hundred thousand additional dollar purchase order that I was not planning on. After I just placed another hundred thousand. Right now, I got money. Don't get me wrong, but I got just two hundred grand sitting around that ain't earmarked for something.
0: Of course, yeah. No, if you have a budget, listen, it's not an endless budget, you know. You know, we're not talking, you know, Elon or Saudi Arabia money, you know.
1: <laughs> oh, no, no, I, there ain't no family money here. I'm no prince of nothing. I am like, listen, I, yeah, I got to make this work. And, you know, with it's no different than with the gems. It is in that this is why I've grown, honestly, because I'm willing to take anything I make over. Yeah. You know, we, we have our budget, right? We, in our home, we know what we're going to spend our money on. We know that we're probably in a significantly higher income class than what people think we would be because I don't do stuff for keeping up with the Joneses. I didn't buy the house everybody else bought. I bought a unique fixer-upper, opportunity. Up you know,
0: I don't. We joke around that, right? Farm fix. You got a farm fix stuff. fix, man. I do lots of with duct tape, man.
1: So had a rat to living in my attic when I moved in my house. That's how bad. That glass on the house
0: inspector like bad, right? So, I just want to go ahead and put what we just said. It's basically. You're a man with no regrets, you know? And it's interesting enough, I actually went through a series, like a seven book series called Men With No Regret. And it it was impactful. It really helped me shape my life and and understand the life I wanted to live. So yeah, no, I love that because you have to push forward. And and listen, you bought that thing. Again, it's a good story because, damn, I regret buying that thing. Well, it would have been nice to know that these people, well, we'll figure it out. You know, we move forward. We figure it out. And And as as
1: the the head of any company you're in, if you show a lack of confidence, vision, and clarity, everyone else is going to triple the amount of anxiety in what you might be showing externally. Now, I'm always, a CEO should be a duck on the line. You should be calm, floating on top, and your legs churning a thousand miles a minute under the water. You don't get to share those levels of insecurities with your team. You just don't get to because they're going to base their confidence in what they're doing for you as part of the team on your level of confidence in a storm. And you have to be stoic, you have to be steadfast, and it just absolutely is. And it's amazing how people will follow you into battle if you're 100% confident in your ability to figure it out. Now, I'm always transparent, I don't bullshit them, but they don't get to see the feet under the water turn a thousand miles a minute. That's my job, that's my response. Yeah, yeah. So I don't put that on to other people. Which makes it use, but that's like us, you know. We could I buy my kids nicer cars? Sure. Am I? Hell no. Simple fact is, I my parents nailed it. They gave me the biggest piece of junk, so my yeah. kids. Like even if I want a billion dollars tomorrow, my kids are still going to drive that one car with only one working door handle because that builds character. So, but by being committed to that, like right now in the gyms, we're looking at another expansion, and
0: that's right. You're opening a fourth fourth gym, right?
1: Well, we're working on a fourth location and buying and a building for the second one and eh,
0: just happened yeah. yesterday
1: taking over our two neighbors' base and doubling the size of our original gym to the largest one that we have. Amazing. Which means that we, you know, any money that we're making right now that we is nice, right? We have to get very comfortable with that not being accessible for another 2 or 3 years again, and it's a tough decision business owners face. You start to have some success, you start to have some money, and that's where growth stops for most owners because they don't want to give up this new accustomed lifestyle that they're like. And they like seeing that I should tiger her out of the bank. Yeah, right. You know, shit, I'm a baller. I can go on a little vacation. I can do this for my wife. I can do this for my kids. And and it is very hard as a father. I have six children. So I, I want to give them the best that I can, but I'm not going to inhibit the growth for my grandkids and my great grandkids for this multi-generational business I'm trying to build based on an extra vacation or extra nice vacation, or an nicer car, which means that you know, if we're making that extra 10 grand and I got to go put it back into the business because I have an opportunity to secure my area, my community, keep competitors at bay, all those things that come with growth and expansion, I've got to take that opportunity. I've seen just too many business owners get addicted to that level, that first bit of success, and that inhibits any growth potential at all.
0: You know, Tim, hearing you talking about legacy and for your children and grandchildren you know it, it's a wake up call right it's like hey listen not just for your children but for your children's children and then beyond right and so it's like okay i'm teaching my children and i'm talking to myself i'm speaking to myself as well it's like hey listen how do i teach my children to teach my grandchildren not just so they learn but so they learn how to teach them and and obviously more is caught than taught i've heard that super important i don't know if there is a formula that you take how to teach your children to teach your grandchildren. That I don't think has been really spoken. I mean, and I, I think about the Bible a little bit. It's like Moses had Joshua, but then after Joshua, you don't really even hear about many people. Like it gets lost there a little bit, right? Yeah. And so, And it's interesting because we might be looking for this promised land, but we might not be able to enter it as well, but it's okay. Like, listen, I lived my life this journey that we've just been on, I've enjoyed it, you know, enjoy the the ride and stuff. But anyways, I'm, I'm going deep, but it's also like, this is the conversation that I, I, I love, you know? I,
1: I think you brought it up because it comes from my faith, honestly. Right. It was a, yeah, I've heard several, my wife are very involved in our faith. Hell. I mean, our honeymoon was a mission trip to Puerto Cunasca, Mexico, building homes for poor people. That was our honeymoon. Oh, I love, that's the honeymoon. That was go. They have four days in the desert That's with no cool. shower. You really get used to each other after <sighs> that, you know. You,
0: and you get to know the person, know like who in the struggles, like you know. I love it.
1: No electricity, no running water, just in a tent, sandstorms. But it it was great. And the thing is, for us, like our faith is a massive part of us. And so I heard a pastor give a speech once and about his family meeting, and I, you know, I I poured into, I listened to it. I said, "Explain to me what you mean." He goes, "Listen, you're doing these big things." And you're heading this direction. If you don't explain to your kids or remind them twice a year at a big family meeting, why dad and mom do what they do and literally explain it to them, you're not building their character to repeat the process. And so I have a family meeting, big debtor. Everybody's coming. I mean, my oldest daughter, my son-in-law, all my kids, now I'm the four-year-old, anybody's involved in my family is gonna sit down at the table. They're all gonna, I'm gonna feed them, get their bellies full, and they all get to sit there and I get to give my sermon from the mouth. Mm. Here is what I do. What I do, and I in in the what we did two years ago, three years ago, really impacted my family. And I saw, and I look at my daughter who got married. She got married very quick at twenty to twenty-one years old, and she, you know, that's my girl, right? And I mm. want to throw this massive wedding for her. But at the time and the short notice and COVID, I'm like, here's the budget. It's very small, and it it's very hard as a father to not. I mean, I wanted to throw this girl the biggest wedding you've ever seen. You know, like we're talking Princess Diana Leffel because she deserves it. And that's my, my, but I had to explain to them, like But I did have to time, and with the timing of it and where this family's going, it was a very small budget and it was a beautiful wedding and I have a wonderful son-in-law and, and that's the most important part.
0: That is the um, most important, yes. But,
1: but, you know, I wanted to do this thing and I, I, I couldn't and I said, because, and I had to explain to them, it's because I'm on this mission and nothing will deter me from this mission. Because what this mission does is me building for your kids. And so, if I'm able to, as the first generation of doing this, build it for myself, my kids, and my grandkids, that means that we are two generations ahead. This is very common in in Spain with their heritage. And I got this from a, a gentleman who takes companies public. He talks about taking my companies public. I'm don't want to do it. So, but it's a lot of money. Wrong. So, so I I he was he's a Spaniard, and I'm like, I go, like, explain your culture, like a religious column and know who you are. And I tied it into this faith one. The reason why I'm correlating to this is in Spain, the wealthy stay wealthy because they're not ever earning money for themselves or their kids. That's already been done. They're earning money for their grandkids. And right. everyone is saving for two generations ahead of them. And the reason being is there's going to be a generation every once in a while that just straight up part of my language, shits to bed. Yeah, And this protects the family for a thousand years if you're always two generations ahead. So it has right. to start with somebody and it started with me. So I'm doing it for my wife, my family, my kids, and my grandkids. That's my goal for the next 25 years is to secure them a legacy that lasts beyond just financially, but also like, the, the value structure. This is how this empire was built. And so by having these family meetings and explaining this process to my kids as young as four years old, all the way up to 23, this is why I do what I do. This is why I work crazy hours. And so understand, like you know, that you kids are important to me, so I don't miss baseball games and I'll fly everywhere. Now, if I look exhausted, this is why I look exhausted, because I'm working 80 hours and I don't miss anything for the kids. And understand what you guys know, that's taxing, but this is why, Dan, I need you guys. If you guys want to get involved in these companies, you've got to earn it because yeah. I'm not giving you a damn thing. And you know, my our oldest son works at the gyms. Our daughter's the our oldest daughter's the executive assistant for all four companies. She runs the popcorn, social media, deals with the international, dual language labeling, and each of the kids is involved to a certain degree. My wife, she'll run a gym shift if somebody's sick. She'll take the four year old, and he's out there rocking out little bags of protein popcorn to gym members. You want to buy some popcorn and. It's the greatest sale ever, because you can't tell a four-year-old no. Can't and, tell them no, right? You know, and with this, it is amazing. These speeches, and I'm saying this to every owner that watches this, you need to tell your family why you're doing what you're doing. You need to make this statement so that they understand. And yeah. then that way, if you want your kids to get involved, you want your family, brothers, sisters to get involved, they need to understand the mission, your clarity for the mission, and then invite them to be part of the process, but say, right. here's how it's done. So.
0: Well, Tim, you know, it's interesting Like invite them on the mission, right? Don't leave them behind to no. have them come alongside with you. Obviously, even a four-year-old can come along with me. He has a role, purpose. I think we underestimate the value of of a kid that, oh, no, no, let's overprotect him. Let's, let's helicopter parent him. Let's make sure that he does. It pains me when I see it. And I, I think I did it a little bit in the early stages. But then at the same time, my wife's like, no, 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 let them, let them mess up. Let them go ahead and do things and stuff. But going back to this, like- Bring them on the mission is so important because they now have a role, they have purpose as well, and they feel important. And so if you don't make them feel important and value their opinion, then how are they going to function in the world? How is their mental stability going to be when somebody else comes along? They don't believe in them, but they need to be, their belief system has to be higher than what somebody else thinks. And-
1: and here's the thing. We've all worked in businesses at one point in time or another where there were other family members in the business for the boss that we had. And there's two ways that family and business goes. One, they take advantage of it. in the fact that I don't have to do as much work as you and I can't get fired because I'm the, the golden child of the owner, right? And then it's the right. other way where they'll do it twice as straight and narrow to prove a point that they're in a position to take this over. And so I've, and I've seen it both ways. And so, I told my kids, like, here's two ways. I, I was very, very, very verbal with them on I said, if you're my child and you're working in our business, I expect you to do it twice as good and twice as straight and narrow as everyone else because you're going to be held to a standard and everyone's going to assume that you're only here because you're my kid and not because you've earned it. So, you need to prove a point that you've earned it. And I can happily say that my kids are by far our best staff members at damn near everywhere we do because of this guiding principle. So that if someday they take over something, yeah. there's no question with anyone else around in the team that they're there. So yeah.
0: Huge, huge. I mean, listen, you probably need to have your children listen to this. And I'm not talking about you, Tim, the audience, like this is a great episode. This is something that you might not be vocalizing and having these meetings like Tim is having and Troopy Nona. Every now and then I don't have any structured like meeting And I, right now I, there's a certain time I say, Hey, listen, guys, I'm on a mission. I'm doing something. But I don't bring them along. I say, "Hey, for the next 90 days, I'm not going to be that much available." Yeah. This is what we're doing. But now Tim and, and we actually brought in my son and my daughter on the team. They're actually doing things for us as well. So, and we're going to a conference next week and and they're going to be participating and they're going to be there and Yeah. And that's that's going to be it's going to be fun. Like I can't wait for next week and and this is, this conference is going to be transformational for us and you know, next level stuff. You know, but it's really cool.
1: It's huge, and I, I suggest we have the family meeting. Older, younger kids. We got a 19 year gap. It doesn't matter. And the thing is, is I told them too. It's not just about the business and why you're busy. It's like, okay, here's where my values. And understand, I want to create this money not just because I want this home or this or that. It's because I want to give it back. That's my value code, right? So my wife and I had read a story several years ago about this church in Florida. That had saved up, uh, I want to say like 15 million. They've been, you know, doing the whole drive to buy the land, build the new building or whatever. And then the congregation prayed and they decided that the best way to, to, you know, introduce people to their faith was to go do something selfless for them. So instead of building the building, they went down to the, the local major hospital, took the hundred most outdo and largest medical bills and paid them all off instead. Wow. Then they went door to door of all 100 people, gave them a copy of the paid invoice, and introduced their faith that our faith told us to take care of you. Now, that is kingdom building, brother. It makes the hair wow. of the back of my neck stand It up. does. So, that's what I want to do, like verbatim. Like, I want to do this. And so, for me to make a truly impact on this world,
0: I'm going to- That's gonna how do- you raise the dead, heal that's- the sick?
1: Yeah. Come on. I got go to got to go next level, and I've got to get to the point. So- that I can have that kind of, my wife and I call SU money. I need that SU money level. And, and yeah. so I, I can't get there being the top 1%. I need to get no. to the top 0.1%. And that's where I'm at right now. I want to go Love from it. the top one to the top 0.1 because that's that's where you can make major impact around you. And you
0: know what? People listening right now be like, oh man, I want to be that 0.1%. No, no, listen, figure out where you're at right now and just get better. Like. You might, it might be small right now. You might be just starting your gym or you're in a slump right now, but just get better. That's all. It's a, he's, Tim's just talking about going to the next level where he's, he's, exactly. he's in a different stage of life and he's a different level, but what's your next? What's your next go? And, and the fu money is is amazing because you get so much from giving. It's just oh,
1: it's, I get way more from giving other people's and, and that actually is a translation into the businesses, right? So it's the same thing. I want to bring everybody up with, And a major shift about the time we opened the gym, about the first year or two of opening our gym that our second gym was a major shift in my mindset, honestly, just my value code. And as I'm getting older, all of a sudden, I got more gray hair than colored hair, which is a whole nother conversation. And and I'm trying to remember back when I was 22, trying to start my first store, my first gym, and I had no money and I had no ability to get that kind of money, which is a lot of money, right? That And all of a sudden, I've got this awesome staff. We're going into 2019 and I told my wife, I'm like, I think we need to make a change. I think, and it's a change that makes us less money. She's like, wow. You know? And so, I got to really sell this, right? Because it's her income too. It's our family. And, And why am I doing this? And, you know, I had 12 of my own stores on top of all the franchises we already had at the time. And I said, I'm only as good as the staff around me. People that love me, watch the podcast I do, do the public speeches, and that's great. But if they walk into a store in this city or that city and the person behind the counter that I employ does a terrible job or doesn't care, it's game over. When you're competing in a market of Amazon speaking the technology, stops there. You know, the buck stops. And so if I have a phenomenal employee, they should be an owner. So i have sold 10 out of 12 of my stores already to my manager wow in the last two and a half year three years and i'm selling wow. one more i'll be down to the original og location for the yeah. rexiest because that's where my kids learn to ride their bikes was the back of the shop so my wife oh, says like
0: yeah um
1: yeah. i live watching there
0: but oh my gosh that touched my heart years, thanks it.
1: brother i sold almost all of them for cost no profit yeah yeah after like, Norfolk, nebraska josh is going to kill me when he sees this the owner that store probably appraised around three hundred thousand, and we sold it to them for assets only, for wow. about wow. quite literally about fifteen percent of the price. And so it, but you
0: still have some royalties
1: and and I have percentages. On, of, it and it's of course, okay. about eighty five percent less less income versus owning it. But
0: you, but you know, this reminds me of of a, of a principal uh, As a friend, and he was actually uh, my boss for a little bit. He said, "Listen, I'd rather make one percent of." Somebody else's 100 people's efforts than 100% of my own efforts. And this is exactly what you're talking about. Like, listen, you're giving up right now, the right now, but you're looking at the long game. And this is what this episode's about. This is the long yes. game. If you're in, in the gym industry for the long game and your hair doesn't stand up and your ears don't perk up, then wake up. Well, <laughs> you hey, hey, think about this way, like, right? If I had this mission you know, to
1: build this multi-generational business with my family, have the kind of money that allows me to go do what that church in Florida did and pay out medical bills and make a major kingdom impact. You know it's better than just me doing that? Having 50 of me doing it. And so I want everyone getting rich around. That's the goal. I tell them all the same thing. So yeah, selling a store for 300,000, I sell it for 45, which yeah, my board of directors wanted to have me committed. And I've done this like nine times. And I'm like, here's my mission. If you don't believe it, it, I'll buy you out. That's literally what it is. There's non-discussional. And and so then they see me open a gym. They're like, hey, how do you open a gym? Oh, here's the blueprint. And so, why? Because now I have franchisees who own four or five businesses too. So I've been able to pass this on and teach this. I'm not just teaching a man to fish, I'm teaching a man how to run a fishing yeah. company.
0: Come and on, so
1: like, man. I, yeah. And so all of a sudden, everyone all over is doing it, and we're all on the same mission. You imagine the kind of impact we can have on our society. Because um, at the day having wealth and be able to use that towards your community is going to make a massive difference. And yeah. so I was trying to be what I needed at that age and have somebody give me a chance. And that's what I've been doing ever since then. And you know, and yeah, it's a lot less income now, but I have a happy franchisee or a happy business partner for the next thirty years. Yeah, will reap more dividends than me trying to sell something for an extra
0: two hundred thousand. Now the thing. So this is some people don't think they. Having money is great, but having access to wealth is even greater, right? So you have access, like if, if you needed to take out a loan for something, boom. And I think you talked to, you You and I have a conversation, like, hey, listen, because of nutrition companies, I was able, you know, to leverage that to get the gyms. I think that's what you, I think those, yeah, it those, is. Those, So
1: so You use one successful business. I would say this to people like, listen, you need two years of buckling down. And I like to teach people through my podcast from speeches how to do this, right? Add multiple LLCs. We all like the advantage write-offs of having LLCs, but it needs to be detached from your actual operating business. And here's why. So if you are right off the mileage, get the car, do the tax benefits that are there for you. Absolutely. Just have it in a separate LLC, not the one operating your gym or your store. Reason being is you need to show profitable, very clean tax returns. And once you have that for like two, three, especially three years is kind of the magic number. You can then take that tax return and leverage that profit to open another business, whether it be a completely parallel move, a second location, or a linear move or a vertical move where it's another business in the same industry. And so that's what we did with Rexius, right? So Rexius had the money. The bank had no interest in doing a gym that was our particular hardcore style, especially our size, the equipment we wanted. And here's how the bank looks at it, right? They're looking at it when you go belly up, that's how a banker looks at it. It's not yeah. about, you know, are they going to be successful when they shut down? What am I left with for assets? And they're looking at gym equipment as all this heavy ass stuff. <laughs> and now they have to find storage units for, and yeah. especially you know, cardio temperature control. They're going to get 25 cents on the dollar. They're going to have to pay movers and all this crap. And so that's why they hate loaning gym businesses. But I said, well, hey, I have this multi dollars nutrition business. I will co-sign. And that's me risking what I've built, but I also believed in what we were doing. I believed in our that's partners. It. I believed in my wife. And everybody said, you're nuts. And we started out with, we're going to have a member cap. It's only going to be cool people, you know, all that dumb shit that we did. And we're going to play large rock and art right, right. and whatever. And people loved it.
0: Man, that was such a fun episode. I really enjoyed how Tim explained generational wealth as a long-term vision goal and a purpose for life. I hope you found this episode as informative and valuable as I did. If you have any questions or feedback about today's show, feel free to connect with us on Instagram with at ReviewBiz and me with at Midesco. What was your favorite takeaway from this episode? Connect and share a message with me on IG, like I just said, at Midesco with myself. We would love to hear your thoughts. And I want to thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this episode today. If you haven't done so already, please subscribe to the show on the platform you're currently listening on. And remember to leave us a rating and review. Of course, it can improve our show with your feedback. It also means the world to us. Also, Subscribe to our YouTube channel. It's the place to get this amazing content and more. As always, I want to thank you so much for your encouragement. And I truly appreciate you listening to the podcast and helping us improve with your comments. And I'll be seeing you next time in the Growth Zone. Our show today was brought to you by our incredible team, starting with production from TSE Studios, music consulting by Tyler Schmeling, our lovely guest coordinator, Anna Ponce, and focus Jews from our project coordinator, Mauricio Murillo, and myself, Andrés Escobar, as the host. Yeah. Thanks to ReviewBiz for sponsoring this episode. And if you want to get the most out of your review strategy, then go to ReviewBiz.io forward slash try so you can get your first five reviews from your real members for only $1.